Welcome to the film show on KBOO. I'm S.W. Conser, and today we're bringing you previews of two long-running film festivals getting underway here in Portland. Our good friend Ben Pop is in the studio. Hey there, Conch. Ben is the programmer for the Northwest Film Center. Your official title is? Uh, the Filmmaker Services Manager. All right. And he'll be telling us all about the 41st annual Portland International Film Festival, PIF 41. PIF 41. And we've also got Rana Neunschwander on the line. She is the coordinator for the, she is one of the coordinators, sorry, for the uh, Cascade Festival of African Films, along with Tracy Francis. And just to make things really interesting, we're also joined by two, uh, three local filmmakers, Don Jones Redstone, Greg Hamilton, and Ira Flowers. Their short films will be playing at PIF as part of the Made in Oregon program. Uh, hello, everybody. Hello. 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 Thanks for having us. Hi, I want to make sure that our listeners get a chance to hear all about the upcoming screenings of your new films. Uh, but first, I believe we do have Rana Neunschwander on the line. Um, and let's see, Rana, let's see, I believe you're all picking up some filmmakers right now to come into town for the Cascade Festival of African Films? Okay, that we... is so right. Oh, fantastic. Okay. In fact, I believe uh, your, your colleague Tracy is at the airport right now. Who, uh, who's coming into town? So tonight, uh, or yes, tonight we have Dr. Bassam Yusuf, known as the John Stewart of Egypt. Okay. Um, and he's one of Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People, and so he will be here to influence us with a documentary about none other than himself tonight at PCC Cascade Campus um, at 7 o'clock. So he's flying in as we speak. Now, this is a fellow who's come under some pressure from the regime or from the uh, establishment there in Egypt? Um, yes, he has. He no longer lives in Egypt because of the pressure put on him. Uh, that's the power of comedy right there. Uh, well, the festival is already underway, but uh, there are several more weeks of events still ahead. That's right. Um, we have um, up until March 3rd, so we have four weeks here still in the festival every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday evening, and then afternoon matinees on Saturday. Um, and Thursday, we have matinees also. So we have many films from every corner of Africa that we're showing all free of charge, open to the public here at PCC Cascade and a centerpiece film at Hollywood Theater on um, the 16th next week, Friday the 16th of Hollywood. Well, the events are free, but I understand you're always happy to accept support from the community. Always happy. We have wonderful supporters that come back every year, but we also take donations at the door or anytime through our website. Um, yes, we, we enjoy donations so that we can keep this festival free of charge. Now, uh, what are some other special events that are coming up, some special filmmakers who will be in town? You've got, I know you've got women's, uh, uh, focus on women filmmakers. You've got a focus on uh, usually children's films uh, once a year. Yes. So um, the last week, which is in March, March 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, we celebrate um, African women filmmakers. And so the film, those three days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday of March, uh, we'll be showing uh, women filmmakers, but we also have throughout the festival um, 
a number of films by women now, but that we've brought into the main festival too because we've just gotten so many strong women filmmakers in the last five years. It's been amazing. Um, but yes, we do also have a family film day, and that will be um, on Saturday, February 24th at the matinee at 2 p.m. at Cascade, and it's uh, the Ugandan film Queen of Cosway. Um, I know it's had a very popular release, but we thought it was important to bring that back for our family film day. Well, the Cascade Festival of African Films runs all month from February 2nd through March 3rd, and our listeners can find a full calendar of screenings and events at uh, AfricanFilmFestival.org. Uh, Ron Neuenschwander, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks to you, Con. Okay. Here. See you there. All right. Okay. okay. I'm S.W. Concer, and you're listening to The Film Show. And now we're joined live in the studio once again by Ben Pop. Ben, it's always good to have you here. Yeah, it's great to be here again. Well, we want to find out all about the Portland International Film Festival, mm. which you've been working on. Yeah, um, I primarily work with all of the regional programming that takes place, um, which this year is really fantastic because normally in the last few years we've only had one Oregon Shorts block um, and this year we're actually having two different Oregon Shorts blocks. Um, so it's really highlighting the mass amount of talent that's really coming out of the state in terms of filmmaking. Um, so we have two of those. That's uh, February 18th um, at 1.30 p.m. And then the second one is February 25th at 12.30 p.m. And they're both going to be over at the Witzel Auditorium. Um, seven filmmakers. No, yeah, seven filmmakers per program. So it's 14 wow. amazing filmmakers. Wow, and uh, you've brought some filmmakers with you today who will be at the Witzel on the 25th. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and uh, and make int introductions here. Sure, yeah. So we have uh, Don Jones Redstone, who Don actually, two years ago, was the winner of the best short film. Yeah, she made a big yeah. splash with yeah. Sister in the Brotherhood. Fantastic movie. And so she's got her new film, We Have Our Ways. And then we have over here, we have Greg Hamilton, who uh, is working with Ira Flowers, and they have their very wonderful documentary, um, Thou Shall Not Tailgate, which actually is, I know it's a little strange, but it's the only documentary in the, um, the shorts programs for the Oregon shorts. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, but it's a doozy. So. Well, let's start off with Don. Um, so yeah, Don, as Ben said, your new film is called We Have Our Ways. It's set in the in the near future, speculative near future, an increasingly privatized and authoritarian future. And it, wow, it covers a whole bunch of hot button issues in 15 minutes. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. Um, it was uh, we were funded by a grant from the Regional Arts and Culture Council, and we've been working on it for about a year and had a, a kind of a preview screening last year and are excited to have our first uh, festival screening. And basically, the film follows two storylines. One is about um, Regina and Abigail in the present, where they're arriving at a, a dark warehouse, um, waiting for someone to come and perform a criminalized medical procedure on uh, Abigail. And at the same time, a huge counter-curfew protest is developing outside the building. Uh, and then the other storyline that we're intercutting with um, shows everything that's led up to this moment, where um, Regina, who works at a healthcare uh, corporate call center, 
is taking calls and basically having to deny people access to health care on a daily basis. Um, and then now her cousin needs help, too. And she has to figure out or decide uh, whether or not to take risks and endure some things in order to ultimately try to help the people around her. And I think the film is actually about um, power, taking power in our own immediate lives. It's about um, taking back power over our own bodies. Um, and it's also an illustration of how activism is actually a form of love. Well, um, I, I, you, you keep things deliberately vague, which is very canny. I, <laughs> I, I sort of see that as being a uh, Mike Pence administration or something like that, but your <laughs> mileage may vary. Uh, there's always a question of how much to give away. Um, there's some trailers out there you can, people can watch. Uh, Wehaveourways.com. Uh, but the protagonists are all women, and as the story unfolds, it becomes increasingly clear why that's important. Uh, yeah, that why the protagonists are women of color. Um, well, yeah, and uh, and well, you know, and also, um, I had the privilege of interviewing Alison Bechdel a couple of years ago. She's the mm -hmm. author of Fun Home and the creator of the Bechdel Rule, mm -hmm. which is in in film. You uh, you have at least two women talking to each other about something other than a man, and and this uh, and this film goes all out. I'm you know I'm happy to say anybody who who follows the Bechdel Rule will lo will love this film. Yeah, I mean it was it was written by Sherson Johnson. Uh, it was produced by. Chris Henry, so are the kind of team making it uh, all women, mostly women of color. Same for the production crew. Um, yeah, definitely, this is a, a women, a film by women and and for women, but hopefully for other folks who just want to watch a good story too. I think there's a lot of suspense, and the dystopia is kind of uh, popular right now. Although you know, it's uh, not yes. it's not as uh, dark as like uh, Black Mirror per se. I think the world is dark, but there's definitely some heart in the film as well. Well, you did, like you said, team up with a really talented crew and uh, local writer Kirsten Johnson. Was this her first screenplay? Kirsten, um, yes, how she pronounces her name. Um, this was not her first. She, uh, she and I co-wrote Sister and the Brotherhood okay. together, and she'd also written something before that um, that we'd made together. So this is her. This is our third uh, time working together, and the first time that we kind of had like a, a, a better budget to work with to, to make something that a lot more folks could see, hopefully, and, and find intriguing. Now, uh, you said you had a RAC grant for this, and you were able to bring in uh, some pretty amazing crew. Were these uh, all local folks? Did you bring some folks from out of town? Uh, no, everyone was local. Uh, I want to include the cast in that. Sidonio O'Neill, who was also the star of Sister of the Brotherhood, stars in this film and is incredible at conveying these interior worlds uh, with you know very little uh, actual dialogue. Um, Paige Moreland is in it. Uh, Ana Del Rocio um, is also in it. So all women of color cast, really amazing folks. I feel really lucky to, to find them and have them be willing to work with us. Now you mentioned, or and also Ben mentioned, Sister in the Brotherhood, which was a short film that uh, uh, was, you know, very gritty, and and uh, and then it became almost like a magical realist kind of thing for a moment. It was mm -hmm. it was a cool sort of uh, switch of genres. Now you have been working towards making uh, this short film, which was very well received two years ago, making it into a feature and. Uh, that's uh, that's coming along, but it's not there yet. Yeah, I was. I'm I'm developing a feature version. Um, it's it's kind of the same character, but it's completely different storyline, um, and it's more of a thriller actually. Um, but it does uh, reveal a little bit about the like what it's like to be a tradeswoman, to be at a, a woman in a male dominated work environment. 
Um, I, yeah, I'm working on that script. Well, I have a version, but I think it can be better. So I want to. I really want to keep working on it until it's it's gold. Uh, and it's actually the film is still going. It's screening four times this month in Maine and New York, and uh, it's screening tonight actually. Oh wow! So uh, you've gotten obviously a lot of play around the country at festivals. Have you had any interest from studios? No, I Nothing. have not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm not holding my breath uh-huh. <laughs> within a film like that. But I yeah, I mean I um I would love to once I get that script uh in place, be able to shop it around and and uh you know, maybe hit up Ben Pop for some money from the film center yeah. or something. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Well, what's next? Are you working on uh, something new for uh a short film or for festivals or is is uh, are just just sort of focusing on We Have Our Ways right now? Definitely focusing on We Have Our Ways. February 20th at PSU, um I directed and co-wrote a uh the pilot for a web series called Gabby smashes the imperialist white supremacist capitalist patriarchy, <laughs> <laughs> and it's a comedy. It's um, a mouthful. Yeah. And stars Luann Elgoso, created by her. It's actually really super excited about it. There's definitely some uh, Portland ripped from the headlines uh, storylines. So um, that's coming out February 20th. Anyway, DawnJonesRedstone.com has all of these things listed if you'd like to check it out. Well, yeah, the film, as we said, is We Have Our Ways. Uh, it's playing on the 25th of February. 12.30 p.m. at the Witzel. I'm really, uh, the festival looks great all around. You know, the shorts programs are, are super cool to be able to feature, feature regional talent. But just whenever uh, Portland National Film Festival starts, it's just like candy. There's like so many great films from all around the world. It's, it's a really cool thing to be a part of also. Well, Don, please stay with us. There's uh, much more to come. And you're all listening to the film show today. I'm S.W. Concer, and we have a clip for you now. It's from the new film by Greg Hamilton and Ira Flowers, also playing at the Portland International Film Festival. I found out other people had art cars. I was kind of like, oh, good. I'm not the only one who has a problem. I don't sell art or anything like that, but I just like do stuff because I get easily bored. That's part of the reason I started the cars was I moved up in 1980 and Portland was extremely boring at that time. And I bought the car and then I just started gluing things to it. (laughs) So, Greg and Ira, let me ask you about your short documentary. It is called Thou Shalt Not Tailgate. Yeah, Thou Shall Not Tailgate. Uh, it's a um, uh, it's a documentary short uh, about the uh, the Reverend Chuck Linville, a retired uh, mail carrier here yes, in Portland. Yep, retired mail carrier in Portland, and uh, he's uh, he's actually also a kind of a pioneer in the uh, in the art car movement, um, and also co-founder of the Portland Cacophony Society, which was kind of a a, a group of pranksters. That you know something. I about. know them well. Yes, actually, <laughs> um, I used to help run the SantaCon for a while. Yeah, yeah. So they were they were. Uh, I mean, the cacoph- larger cacophony society was responsible for Burning Man and and SantaCon and a lot of things, fun things that happened around here in Portland for sure. But it's um you know it's a profile piece that um, that uh, I've known Chuck for for years and. All of a sudden, he'd be a good documentary subject, and uh, I got together with Ira, and we talked about you know going out there and and doing it. And in 2014, we started shooting, and um, in just this last few months, we wrapped it up. We did a Kickstarter that raised fifteen thousand and uh, managed to um, 
gather a lot of people together, a lot of good energy behind the film, and uh, we were able to to get it done, which I'm I'm so happy, <laughs> I have to say. Well, you are friendly with a colleague, a fellow director by the name of Herod Blank. He is son of the famous Les Blank. Uh, maybe some people who, um, like Mardi Gras, have gone to see some of his uh, Mardi Gras-based documentaries. But Herod uh, did a film called Wild Wheels about art cars back about 25 years ago. And uh, the film opens, your film opens, with some never-before-seen footage that, that Herod gifted uh, to you from 1993. Yeah, if you go back just a little bit, um, back in 2010, I actually uh, I, I do film programming here in the Portland area, and I brought Herod in to show uh, his film Automorphosis and Wild Wheels. And so that was kind of a beginning relationship there. And then when we were talking to him about Chuck Linville, um, he said, well, I featured him in Wild Wheels. I have some footage that that uh, we didn't use and is really good and would you like it and we're like of course so um that is prominently featured in the film and, and is uh is a is a great intro to um to uh, to the art car scene well that's not the only archival footage you have uh, well many cacophony people burning man people uh came out and uh, supported you not just financially but also with archival material and you recently held a, a screening for supporters of the project the the consensus seemed to be that this film is not just a profile of one guy, one eccentric person, uh, and his art cars, but really a profile of old Portland. Yeah, yeah. Ari, do you want to you address that? Sure, I'll address that. <clears throat> well, um, yeah, just definitely a profile of old Portland. I mean, Greg and I are from the old Portland. I mean, we remember when Portland really was weird. Um, and Greg actually had a good comment lately where he felt like the weirdness is kind of pasted on now. It's kind of purchased. But Chuck, actually, his his identity of his or his own unique identity is a brand of individualism we don't really see a whole lot in Portland anymore. So since Greg and I actually still remember that time in Portland, you can really feel it come through the film because our nostalgia was coming out. Especially, I just got to say this, Herod gifted us with 23 minutes of raw footage, all shot in 16 millimeter. And it's gorgeous. And so we're seeing things in Portland you don't see anymore. So I want to point out there's shots of the Bomber Cafe. I don't people remember people remember the Bomber Down on Cafe. McLaughlin Cafe in Milwaukee. It's long gone, but you can come to our film and see it in pristine <laughs> quality. Like you haven't seen it in probably what ten years since it was long gone. But anyway, there's so much stuff like that going on in in, in this film. So if you're from Portland and you're missing some old artifacts, come see the film on the 25th, and I guarantee you'll see stuff you've never seen before. I actually also want to point out, too, this is the first time you're going to see footage from the first SantaCon in Portland. I don't think anyone has seen this for 20 years, and we also have footage from the first SantaCon in San Francisco, which I don't think people have seen wow. since 1995. So this film really is going to open up some ideas to people that they just haven't thought about in Portland for a long time. Uh, well, you know, and, uh, as addressed by Chuck Palahniuk in the book Fugitives and Refugees, the first SantaCon was, was, uh, was kind of legendary. Well, anyone who's seen Reverend Chuck Linville's art cars around town knows that they come with a soundtrack, <laughs> a very oddball collection of tunes. And you have crafted the soundtrack for the film around Chuck's collection. Uh, of course, that's meant that you've you're still working on clearing music rights. Well, of course, there's always that. But we we had a uh, um, you know an idea when we were when we were putting this together that that this film really is a microcosm of Chuck, and um, and one of those things, like I said, is his fantastic collection of vinyl, and all of the different weird things. I mean, off-brand, strange personal recordings, all kinds of different things. And I went through all of that material in his voluminous house. Three and, separate occasions, Greg went there and he, grabbed. 
tons of records. And uh, we came back and, uh, you know, just filtered through all of that and found the stuff that would kind of match the aesthetic that, that Chuck is presenting and, and kind of his story. So um, that's a, it, it's a, it was a challenge. And, you know, obviously there's, there's, there's still some things that need to be done, but it's a, um, you know, it's, I think it, it, it gels with who Chuck is more than anything else. That music really connects with him. And you mentioned the house. Well, actually, there are two houses that you visit, uh, one in Portland, one out on, on Long Beach. And, they're, uh, and the one on Long Beach is a little cobbled together, it's, uh, it, but it's, it's, it's very eccentric. It just brings out the, the external part of that dwelling, sort of brings out the internal part of Chuck like nothing else. It's true. It's true. His, um, you know, in the film, he talks about the fact that when he started out, he, you know, he was started putting things on to his art cars and gluing stuff on, and, and um, you know, he also at the same time was doing similar things inside his house. So at the same time, his his house was evolving. Those cars were starting to come into being as pieces of personal expression, and then, like I said, I, when we went there and and uh, and and filmed on site, it's it's an amazing collection of things in his house every room has a theme like his living room is decorated with board games his bathroom has a uh, big mouth billy bass all over the walls that will flip and talk to you while it's you're in there actually. it's terrifying <laughs> and uh you know he's just the, the, there's there's something new around every corner and that's the thing the, the thing that's probably the most intriguing about his story is that he's surrounded by so much interesting material and so many different stories that it's hard not to be drawn into it, and obviously we did, so we made a film. I think his most terrifying room is his clown room. Every time I go in that clown room, I get a little nervous because it is. That's out of the beach. Yeah, yeah, that's out of the beach, and he has a lot of terrifying clown images in there. Well, the two of you are probably best known uh, in film circles for the feature film that was commissioned by the Portland Rose Festival called uh, From One Rose. So uh, you've had a lot of experience with collecting archival film. I mean, this was, you had archival material, photographs, film from, you know, decades and decades ago. Yeah, actually, you know, because Greg and I do have a lot of experience working with ephemera and assets and restoring old assets. And we have a deep love for Portland history. So when we go to Greg's house, we literally have old 16 millimeter films. No one has seen about the history of Portland in like 30, 40 years that Greg has been collecting. But when we took Chuck's assets, it gave us an opportunity to actually archive a really important part of Portland history that a lot of people have forgotten about. And um, so now we have like every bit of video, every scrap of thing that you see in this film, we actually archived and restored. So everything is restored for the future generations if they want to keep seeing this stuff. So it won't be lost to VHS tape or degrading film. And, and you, you were mentioning earlier about, about From One Rose. I mean, that was actually, that was how Ira and I got in, got together initially. I was I was looking for a project and I thought about the Rose Festival and, and um, they said, well, there's somebody already doing it. And uh, so I went and found Ira and that was really the beginning. That was... God, it's, it's, it's over the 10 years, 12 years ago. It's the yeah. loopiest promotional film I've ever seen. It just, I, I just love the weird twist ending to that film. Well, I really appreciate that. That no spoilers, no spoilers. But um, <laughs> I will say this about From One Rose. Uh, one of the crown jewels of that was the student film program that was a part of that, and uh, we had uh, nine high school students who literally worked on every single inch of that movie oh, for two years. And uh, so it took two years to make that film. And another thing I'm really proud of is I did get to meet Greg on that, and we really developed a really nice long lifelong love of cinema through that film and that eventually did lead us to tailgate and i will have to say this greg and i have probably watched over 500 films together like we really take cinema very seriously and that movie introduced us to all that so well i think that's something to mention uh you know don 
mentioned earlier that uh, she's got all this local crew that a lot of people that she's mentoring. And uh, also, you know, the Hollywood has that uh, great micro cinema out at the airport where youth get to try their hand at making short films. So, you know, I think that's a great mentoring environment that we have here in town. Yeah, in fact, I, I'm i a recipient whoops, of that myself. Um, I got to uh, shadow Deborah Granick uh, last May when she was in town filming Leave No Trace, her feature film. Uh, Deborah Granick directed Winter's Bone. That was the debut of Jennifer Lawrence. Yes, gosh. yeah. Uh, and that's the film of hers that I'd seen, and I it really resonated with me, and I saw some connections with the working class storyline of, of Sister and the Brotherhood. But uh, that was put together by a program called Five to Fifty um, by Juliana Lukasik, who uh, is trying to help women directors uh, connect with more experienced women directors. Wasn't and she part of the At Large studio for a yes, while? She yeah. 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 Yeah, that, well, yes, she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Tell us a little bit more about that. Is that still going on? That that program? Uh, it. I think it, it is still happening. I think they're in the process of getting up and running. And I'm not the only one to to have shadowed someone. I um, I know that Shilpa and Dankar also uh, shadowed someone as well, uh, like a bigger crew that was in town with Netflix, I believe. Um, yeah, it's amazing. It's it's it was really incredible to. Uh, it was a little bit weird to like silently follow someone around and not feel a little intrusive, but it was incredible to be you know right next to her. She's talking with um, you know big name actors and just thinking with such detail and passion about the story like she's so entrenched in the story it's it's a really really amazing once in a lifetime experience wow well um thank you so much uh greg hamilton ira flowers and don joan redstone for helping us preview the portland international film festival today um let's see uh, uh don's film is we have our ways uh and uh, Greg and I, your film is Thou Shalt Not Tailgate. And they'll both be playing as part of the Made in Oregon Shorts program uh, on February 25th at the Witzel Auditorium in Portland. Everyone needs to show up. So show yeah. up and support regional <clears throat> cinema and uh, give Don, Greg, myself a high five and Ben <laughs> and, uh, and all regional filmmakers. I think all of us really need to take the time to support regional filmmakers because, I mean, up here in Oregon, we're doing amazing things right now. I should also add one thing. We're, uh, uh, Chuck's going to be out at the screening and he's going to bring his car. Oh. And we're going to park it out in the uh, kind of the sculpture garden area. Nice. So you, not only can you see the film, you can actually see and touch the car. So, 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 just, just, so just one of the three. <laughs> Cars, that's right. That's right. the sort of extra extra push that we bring it bring to Piff. So, All right. so. well, Ben Pop, we've got a couple minutes left. Uh, how do our listeners find out more about this year's festival? Sure. Yeah, the easiest is by going to our website, which is nwfilm.org. Um, from there, it should be right front and center the Portland International Film Festival. Click on there; you can find out about all of the amazing programs, all of the. 100-plus uh, features that we're screening, including all of the various different shorts programs, um, not only just the two Oregon shorts ones, but the other amazing shorts blocks as well. There's also, you know, I'll just uh, do a quick plug, another Oregon-made film, uh, 101 Seconds by uh, Sky Fitzgerald. Um, and that's a feature documentary as well. Um, so there's, there's definitely, within the international context, some um, regional love there. So it's really fantastic. Uh, tell us about some other highlights. You've got, um, is it The Death of Stalin that's uh, kicking things yeah, off? Yeah, Death of Stalin is uh, the opening night film. Um, I believe it's those 
are almost sold out, so go to the website right now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's going to be a really fantastic film. Um, that's uh, Let's see. I honestly, I've been kind of like keeping my head into the regional world um, as much as um, but really look on the website and find programs around town. There's so much fantastic film that's going to be playing. I'll also mention that competing with you, uh, along with the Cascade Festival of African Films, is the uh, Black Film Festival with our friend uh, David Walker. He's bringing um, Joe Morton to town. Uh, I think Brother from Another Planet is going to play there. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, to me, he's... He's solo from the great Alan Rudolph film, uh, Trouble in Mind, that was uh, set in Seattle, Rain right. City. Yeah. Brother from Another Planet is a really important film. If mm -hmm. you love Jen Sales, you need to come out and see this movie. And that movie is fantastic. I suggest everyone go see it. Um, it hasn't it, aged a day. It hasn't aged no. a day. And, you know, John Sales, he financed that with his McCarthy grant. So it's a really fascinating story about how that film came to be. And it's as prescient now as it ever has been. I mean, those guys, I mean, what was that made in 81, 82? Something like that, and here we are 40, 38 years later, and it's still unbelievable. So everyone should go see that. I mean, right now, go buy your tickets and go see that. <laughs> well, the, the uh, Portland International Film Festival runs from February 15th through March 1st, and you can find out more online at nwfilm.org slash festivals slash PIF41. Uh, you've been listening to The Film Show on KBU. I'm S.W. Concer. Thanks to our guests today, Tracy Francis with the Cascade Festival of African Films, Ben Pop with the Northwest Film Center, and filmmakers Greg Hamilton, Ira Flowers, and Don Jones Redstone. Thanks also to the Oregon Media Production Association for their support and collaboration. And thanks to all our listeners on the radio dial and on the web. The audio for this show will be available later today on our archive page, kboo.fm slash thefilmshow. And you can keep up with us on Twitter at KBOO Film Show. Now stay tuned for an afternoon of music on your homegrown Portland radio station. <laughs> <laughs>